Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope you had a fantastic extended Thanksgiving weekend with family and friends and football and other sports. We have some fun in store for you today, including a game that allows for your statewide participation as we come at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. We call it best and worst of the weekend every Monday. We'll call it best and worst of the extended Thanksgiving weekend on this particular Monday afternoon. I have my own examples, the best things I saw, the worst things I saw, some of them in person over the extended weekend. We take your phone calls shortly. We have great guests later, Darren Gant of NBC on the NFL, your Carolina Panthers have lost four in a row and are entirely out of the playoff picture. Ron Rivera and his general manager, Marty Herney, had another bad weekend as the Panthers owner, David Tepper, has huge decisions to make at the end of this season at head coach and GM and quarterback and the offensive line and the defensive line and a lot of other places. It was a 29-21 home loss to a Washington team that arrived in the Queen City with a record of two and nine. Run defense was a problem again. Pass protection was a problem again. Kyle Allen had a lot of sacks and more turnovers as the young quarterback. Greg Olson got KO'd. Washington ran for almost 250 yards. There is a lot of, there are a lot of wounds to lick if you are a Panthers fan. That team led by 14 points in the first quarter and not only let it get away, it ended up being a dominating Washington victory. 29 to 21 was the final score. They tried the onside kick for the first time in decades. They actually recovered one, but they could not punch it in to make things interesting down the stretch. Meanwhile, of course, the NFL weekend continues tonight with one of the best matchups of the weekend. Eight and three Minnesota visits nine and two Seattle. If you are a fan of about 10 different NFL teams, I know only one or two have mathematically clinched their bids to the postseason. But it feels weird to say with four weeks remaining in the regular season. To me, it feels as if 10 of the 12 playoff spots are already locked up. If you're an AFC fan or follower, the Ravens, the Patriots, I know they had a bad weekend in the New England case. The Ravens, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Texans, and the Bills are in really good shape. And it will, we'll see what happens with one of the AFC wild cards up for grabs. If you follow the NFC more closely, the Saints, the Niners, both teams playing tonight, the Vikings and the Seahawks, as well as the Green Bay Packers, they seem to have five of the six bids virtually locked up. It's only the lowly NFC East where Dallas and Philly both were eligible for your worst of the weekend vote. It was Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody belatedly. It was on Thursday on TV where I watched the Cowboys get stomped at home 
by the Buffalo Bills. The Eagles followed it up yesterday with a loss to the lowly Dolphins in Miami. The Jets lost to the previously winless Cincinnati Bengals. And, of course, the Panthers got a lot of worst of the weekend votes as well. Not a lot of doubt in terms of the NFL playoff picture, but a lot of good football still to watch as the national championship picture came into a little bit more focus at the college level, whereas Alabama and Michigan and Ole Miss dating back to Thanksgiving Day, a urinating dog celebration led to a penalty for Ole Miss, and that contributed to a 21-20 Thanksgiving Day loss to rival Mississippi State. By the way, that head coach of Ole Miss, Matt Luke, formerly of Duke, did lose his job this weekend as the coaching carousel continues to spin. Y'all know Willie Taggart has been out at Florida State for quite a long time. Seminoles continue their head coaching search, even as they prepare for a bowl game. Boston College did fire Steve Adazio over the weekend. I had been alerting you to that possibility in recent weeks. Earlier today, NC State let go defensive coordinator Dave Huxtable. So the coaching carousel continues to spin six vacancies at the Power Five level, more across the FBS ranks. We'll get to a little bit on a lot of things. Ole Miss, Alabama, and Michigan were joined by NC State on the college football worst of the weekend list. The Wolfpack was embarrassed at home by arch-rival UNC. The Pack had put it to the heels for the last five years in the win column. The Tar Heels turned that upside down at Carter-Finley. They drubbed the Wolfpack 41-10. So Mac, Mac Brown's return has led to not only increased ticket sales and great recruiting for the Tar Heels, but as it turns out, a bowl trip as well. As we speak, if you're not sure how the bowl situation and picture shakes out, there are athletic directors who, as we speak right now, could not give you a good answer to where your favorite team is going to end up. You know, Wake is 8-4 and four and going to a bowl. Carolina got to 6-6, six and six, going to a bowl somewhere. The same athletic directors that could not give you an educated guess right now should be able to give you an educated guess by the end of the day as 10 ACC teams, for example, qualified for bowls. App State will get to host a Sun Belt Championship game again. Same opponent, same venue, Kid Brewer Stadium. It will be Louisiana visiting the Mountaineers after App crushed Troy, as expected, this weekend. The Mountaineers do remain a long shot for a New Year's Six Bowl game. They are still behind 11-1 Memphis of the American, 11-1 Boise State of the Mountain West. They're going to need some help, and of course, they'll have to beat Louisiana on Saturday on the, in the uh, Sun Belt title game. More on those best and worst of the college football weekend. UVA, UNC, the Charlotte 49ers, Lenore Ryan of the D2 ranks also got votes for best of the weekend. A lot of worst of the weekend as well in college and pro football. The Hurricanes lost at home on Friday night. I was there to see the legendary goalie Pekka Rene shut out the Hurricanes on behalf of Nashville, but they bounced back to beat a good Lightning team in Tampa on Saturday. Shout out to James Reimer, the Canes' backup goalie, looked good again in another win. The Canes are at Boston tomorrow. They host San Jose on Thursday. I will see you at PNC Arena if you are there as the Canes host the Sharks 
on Thursday. The Hornets had a uh, split weekend. They beat the Pistons in Detroit on Friday. They got crushed by the Bucks in Milwaukee on Saturday. They actually host the Phoenix Suns tonight at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte. Glancing forward, as we welcome your best and worst of the weekend phone calls, it is that simple. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe dating back to last Thursday, and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw, and why? You can jump in on either or both, best and worst of the weekend, 1-800-849-2761. In the NBA, I got votes for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors, the Dallas Mavericks, the L.A. Clippers, and others for reasons we can explore. Fired Calgary Flames head coach Bill Peters and other hockey examples for reasons we can explore. Michigan basketball took out Carolina in the Bahamas and won that tournament. The Heels did win two of three down there, including one over an Oregon team that's pretty good. Wake made the title game out in California at another tournament before losing to Arizona last night in the championship game. Duke rebounded from that stone-cold stunner at the hands of Stephen F. Austin at Cameron Indoor Stadium midweek last week. They did beat Winthrop in Cameron on Friday night. We'll get to those college basketball details glancing backward as we remind everybody the ACC Big Ten Challenge is this week. So if you're a college hoops fan, you got a nice dose of early season matchups, more than we used to get in terms of conference versus conference play. ACC Big Ten Challenge, of course, is not a new thing. There are two lesser weights tonight, Miami against Illinois, then Clemson against Minnesota as well. Tomorrow and Wednesday, the matchups get a lot better. Tomorrow's include. Duke at Michigan State and the Michigan team that beat the Tar Heels in the Bahamas visiting the Louisville Cardinals, who right now look like the best team the ACC has to offer. On Wednesday, the matchups will include Carolina hosting Ohio State. It's a really good Buckeyes basketball team, just as the number one Buckeyes in football got a lot of best of the weekend votes for the way they manhandled the Michigan Wolverines one more time. Also on Wednesday, Wake is at Penn State. NC State gets to host Wisconsin. I think Kevin Keats has another NCAA tournament caliber squad on his hands. Back to college football. It wasn't just Ohio State. The number one Buckeyes winners, 56-27. to 27. Number two, LSU crushed Texas A&M. Number three, Clemson annihilated rival South Carolina. Number four, Georgia destroyed in-state rival Georgia Tech. Number six, Utah won. Number six, number seven, Oklahoma won. Number nine, Baylor also won. Those seven, and really, you need to get really creative to believe that anyone outside these seven teams has any chance of ending up in the college football playoff. It's Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, of course, they're the three unbeatens. And then it's the best of the one-loss resumes, Georgia, Utah, Oklahoma, Baylor. Remember, the Sooners and the Bears play each other this coming weekend for the Big 12 title. The winner will be in contention. The loser, no. Utah gets a good Oregon team in the Pac-12 title game. The Utes have to win that, of course, just to be in the conversation. The unbeatens, if they stay unbeaten, and Clemson gets UVA in the ACC title game, will be there with the big tailgate tour. Shout out to Bronco Mendenhall and the Cavs, another best of the weekend. They finally ended the streak. 
15 years of the Hokies over the Wahoos on the gridiron finally came to the end. To an end, the Cavs win their first Coastal Division title ever. They get a matchup against Clemson, of course, which has won four consecutive ACC championship games. What was the best thing you saw? NFL, college football, NBA, NHL, or otherwise? I have votes even beyond those realms. We'll get you caught up on the coaching carousel. We'll get you caught up on the bowl picture. Get ready to make those reservations. If you're a fan of App or Wake or Carolina or even the Charlotte 49ers, among others here in our neighborhood. 1-800-849-2761. Ryan McGee of ESPN on college football in about 45 minutes. Darren Gann of NBC Sports on the NFL in hour number three. Charles Hadley is in for Darren Vaught today. And intern Will will be the first voice you hear if you dial 1-800-849-2761. More on our big tailgate tour trip to Carter Finley. Shout out to Wes Purcell, tailgate of the week. Wes is from Clinton, North Carolina, and had a really fun group. Somebody who moseyed over to chat with us. How about Wolfpack legendary running back T.A. McClendon? That was a best of the weekend for me personally. Got to chat with a guy that I covered back in his playing days. Still looks good. Still a humble but fun dude to, to hang around with. Special thanks, too, to the Storm Squad. Curry and Jordan were our Canes partners in Raleigh this weekend. The Storm Squad has been a great partner to the Big Tailgate Tour all year long. They will not be with us in Charlotte, so their Big Tailgate Tour came to an end on Saturday as the Wolfpack season came to an end as well. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? You can chime in right now at 1-800-849-2761. One more quick shout-out from Raleigh as we hung out at back Yard Bistro, and great food, by the way, that they hand-delivered to us in the parking lot. I enjoyed meeting Jim and Gina Jones of Raleigh. So, Jim and Gina, you were among the highlights of my weekend. Thanks for stopping by, and thanks for listening to The David Glenn Show. 1-800-849-2761. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and why? I'll tell you why Steve Adazio got fired at Boston College after seven seasons. Whereas Dave Doran keeps his job despite missing a bowl at NC State, he also is in his seventh season with the Wolfpack. I'll tell you why the Tar Heels, even though their record is as middling and mediocre as it gets, six and six, you might think that that makes them an undesirable bowl team. Not so. I will remind you how the bowl world works because it actually favors the Tar Heels, believe it or not, as strange as that might sound given their 6-6 six and six record. One more special thing. I have, is it hashtag Cyber Monday deals? Is that what the shopping people love to hear? Hashtag Cyber Monday deals. I have tickets to the Canes game this coming Saturday against Eric Stahl and the Minnesota Wild, so I will give away Canes tickets during the course of today's show in honor of hashtag Cyber Monday deals. Won't cost you anything. You just listen, you have fun, we'll talk some canes, you win some tickets. That's how easy it is on the Cyber Monday version of the David Glenn Show. 1-800-849-2761. The best and worst of the NFL, college football, college hoops, NBA, NHL, and the rest of the weekend's festivities. Mine and yours are on tap. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in next on the David Glenn Show.
I believe it is the NBA's turn in the line dance. And I don't think they can dance. I don't think they can dance as well as DG dances. And I'm only a three or a four. The David Glenn Show, weekdays at noon. to the David Glenn Show. Lines open for best and worst of the weekend. I'll give you some of mine. We welcome yours as well. The college football coaching carousel continues to spin. Arkansas, Boston College, Florida State, Missouri, Ole Miss, and Rutgers all have had vacancy it's all come open recently or over the weekend. Greg Schiano reportedly is filling the Rutgers vacancy. Charlie Strong, beyond the Power Five, has been fired at South Florida. Meanwhile, 10 ACC teams made bowl games. The Tar Heels got to 6-6 six and six by crushing the Wolfpack at Carter-Finley. That matchup from Sam Howell, the true freshman quarterback, career-best 401 passing yards to Mac Brown's return to Chapel Hill, energizing that program, getting a lot of best of the weekend love, as are App State, UVA, the Charlotte 49ers, who are bowl-bound under first-year head coach Will Healy for the first time in the history of that program. Michigan went down hard at the hands of the Ohio State Buckeyes in football. Number one, OSU. Number two, LSU. Number three, Clemson. Number four, Georgia. All taking care of business by absolutely dominating their opponents this weekend. Only one week of football left, really, although Army-Navy lingers a little bit after that. Conference championship week is upon us. App State gets to host Louisiana for that Sun Belt championship. We're headed to Charlotte, where UVA, shout out to Bronco Mendenhall, Bryce Perkins and company. The Cavaliers won their first coastal title ever, and before the creation of divisions, remember, you could just win it by winning the regular season. The last time UVA won or shared any kind of football title was 1995 when George Welsh's Cavaliers were co-champions along with Bobby Bowden's Florida State Seminoles back in the mid-90s. Obviously, it's a tough matchup for the Wahoos looking forward, but they did end that 15-game lo losing streak to arch-rival Virginia Tech. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe dating back to Thanksgiving Day? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. I'm going to give you Dabo Sweeney in his own words as we also look forward to Ryan McGee of ESPN on college football, Darren Gant of NBA, on all things NFL. Obviously, the Carolina Panthers and their four-game losing streak are front and center. More on that with my point of view and yours at 1-800-849-2761. And I want everybody's input on what I considered two of the dumbest moments of the entire extended weekend. The football world provided both. The Ole Miss celebration penalty. You're playing your rival. It's the middle of a bad or the end of a bad season. It's Thanksgiving Day. You're on national TV. And a touchdown that makes it a 21-20 ball game. Ole Miss trailing by one. The distraction becomes the celebrating player in his demonstrative touchdown celebration urinating like a dog and predictably getting flagged for that unsportsmanlike conduct. Of course, because this is how Murphy's Law works, PAT is moved back. It becomes more difficult. They miss it, and they lose the Egg Bowl 21-20. to You've all heard 
the act like you've been there before. That's where you set the bar at its lowest point. Just act like you've been there before. I'm okay with celebrations, but college football players know that the urinating dog celebration is going to cross the line. And that one act of selfishness, was it really worth it? You might have been able to put your arch rival into overtime. Maybe you win the Egg Bowl. Maybe you don't. But your selfish act, your single it's all about me moment complicated the situation so that you missed that PAT and you went home losers. And in the aftermath, your coach got fired, Matt Luke. Similarly, and I'm all about best of the weekend. You want more on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens beating the Niners? I'm here for you. You want more on Deshaun Watson and the Texans beating the Patriots? I'm here for you. The Chiefs, now that Patrick Mahomes is healthy again, had a dominating win over the Raiders and look like, even at 8-4, and four, one of the more dangerous teams in the NFL. The Titans beat the Colts, and Tennessee's season took a positive turn. The Bills went to Dallas and beat the Cowboys. I'm about all those NFL best of the weekends, and I'm tipping my cap to Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Georgia for solidifying their spots in the college football playoff picture. I don't like, look at me, super selfish, in the heat of the moment, with the game on the line selfishness. And I also don't like, in the more general sense, the utter stupidity that I saw from Cleveland Browns head coach Freddie Kitchens over the weekend. As we come to your calls, what was the best thing you saw on or off the field, on or off the court, college hoops, NBA, college football, NFL, best and worst of the extended Thanksgiving weekend, as we're calling it? Did you all see the T-shirt that Browns, co Browns head coach Freddie Kitchens wore over the weekend? Now, listen, I'm all about taking my daughter to go see the Mr. Rogers biopic, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I'm all about it. I'm all about Freddie Kitchens at this point. Oh, cool. He's sending, spending some time with his children on his birthday. His birthday happened to be Friday. But remember, you are the first year head coach. You have never been a head coach, and this is your first time doing it. You are also the first year head coach of a program or franchise that is known for a losing boneheaded culture for decades. You also have a big game this weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Freddie Kitchens was photographed on Friday night. I'm also pro meet the people. I'm all about it. We get on the big tailgate tour, lots of requests for photos. We happily do so with smiles. I'm all about Freddie Kitchens taking his children to the movies. I'm all about Freddie Kitchens being a man of the people. But do you know what the T-shirt said? The T-shirt said, Pittsburgh started it. Going into a weekend where you have a must-win game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and of course the reference is to the chaos of Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett, who ended up getting the longest suspension in the history of the NFL for a single on-field incident. Remember, six games at least with the asterisk. We'll see how the final call on that. Remember, he lost his appeal, so six, he will miss the rest of this regular season. And the Browns aren't going to the playoffs, so we won't have to worry about missing any playoff games. But the backdrop here is that you need to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. The backdrop here is that the Cleveland Browns have been one of the most embarrassing franchises in the NFL for decades. The backdrop here is that you are a first-time head coach 
and you are a first-year head coach with the Cleveland Browns. The Pittsburgh started it t-shirt might be funny. I have a great sense of humor. But think about it this way. What do you want, A, your players to learn from the Miles Garrett shouldn't have swung the helmet, even if Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph molested him at the bottom of the pile and tried to tear his own helmet off? What do you want your own children to learn or take away from that ugly moment from earlier in this NFL season? Think about it. It's funny. Again, I've got a great sense of humor. But if there is a shred, an iota, a scintilla, good SAT word, of Freddie Kitchens who believes that there is a lesson in there somewhere, Pittsburgh started it as a punchline, ha-ha, really funny. Pittsburgh started it as a message to your players? Pittsburgh started it as a message to your children? Seriously? Was the when the going gets tough, just stop trying t-shirt unavailable on Friday night? I mean, come on. You're a leader of men in an NFL locker room, and you're a leader of children in your family. Pittsburgh started it ain't going to be the excuse that gets you off the hook in front of the judge if you assault and batter someone after they perhaps provoked you in some way. If Bill Belichick wanted to do something like this, he'd probably get away with it. He never would. Why? Because he never wants to give anybody any unnecessary edge, including bulletin board material. You know what Ramon Foster of the Steelers said? I know that our coach, Mike Tomlin, never would have done anything like that. Why throw gas on the fire? When you do something like that, you're actually throwing your own players in harm's way. Freddie Kitchen's not out there on the field. You throw your players in harm's way when you do stuff like that with a vengeance. And I actually hate that for the Cleveland Browns. That's Pittsburgh offensive lineman Ramon Foster breaking down one of my worst of the weekends, more established coaches at places that have established winning cultures can goof around if they want and get away with it. First-time head coaches can't. First-year head coaches can't. And oh, by the way, who's one of the most underachieving teams in the entire National Football League this year? This is the best collection of Cleveland Browns we have seen in decades. And under that coach wearing that T-shirt on the weekend of the rematch against the Steelers, what was his message? Pittsburgh started it. You want to increase unsportsmanlike conduct penalties for your team? Just tell them, hey, if the other guy starts it, don't worry, just slug the other guy. It's a, as long as he starts it, the zebras will never get you. We all know that that's not true. Far more often than not, it's the guy who reacts who gets flagged in most of the sports that we follow. It's a bad message to his team. It's actually a horrible message to your children, seriously, and that's who he was out with on Friday. Again, I've got a great sense of humor. There's some creativity in the Pittsburgh started a T-shirt because I know a lot of Browns fans feel that way. They're not smiling today, though, because they lost again. A Steelers team that is a shell of itself. They're starting a man named Duck at quarterback, and that shell of itself Pittsburgh Steelers team not only beat you the first time, as a shadow of itself, beat you again this time. Yeah, Pittsburgh started it and Pittsburgh ended it, Freddie Kitchens. And those kinds of knucklehead moments, no, they didn't cause anybody to miss a block or miss a tackle. But those kinds of 
knucklehead moments and lack of leadership moments, that's exactly the kind of thing that makes a first-time head coach a one-time only and maybe one-year-only head coach of the underachieving, underachieving Cleveland Browns. Meanwhile, that more mild-mannered Mike Tomlin guy, of all the teams in the NFL right now that are still in the playoff picture, the Steelers don't look like any of the rest. The Steelers are absolutely positively overachieving given the talent on hand. It's not even close. The other teams in the playoff picture are being led by guys like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, although he's been off lately, I know. And the Steelers have a guy named Duck. Like, they're down to their third stringer, and they just beat you again, Cleveland Browns. It's not all about a T-shirt, of course, but it is about culture. And the Steelers have had a healthy culture for decades. Doesn't mean you win every year, but they've had the fewest head coaches in the National Football League over the last five decades. I mean, they rarely make changes at the top, and similarly, they rarely miss the postseason. It'll be a miracle if they make the postseason this year. The fact that they're in the running is a byproduct of a healthy culture. The fact that the Browns have face-planted again is a byproduct of an unhealthy culture, and Freddie Kitchens didn't do himself any favors by adding to it over the Thanksgiving weekend. 1-800-849-2761. What was the best thing you saw anywhere over the extended Thanksgiving weekend? And what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? More of your votes that as they hit my inbox over the weekend with your phone calls. 1-800-849-2761. I have more on college hoops, the NBA, and a lot of football, among other things. You can be next at one 800 849 2761. If you had an ACC Coach of the Year vote, where would it go? Why did Steve Adazio get fired at Boston College in year seven despite leading the Eagles to a bowl invitation, whereas Dave Dorn of NC State in year seven is keeping his job despite falling short of a bowl game? My answer to that question with your calls, 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four (laughs) ties, not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. had some really tough losses where they could have laid down and quit. I think they appropriately learned to hurt after those losses. I wasn't sure that we knew that. We'd lost so much at the, the first of the year that I wasn't sure that, that we really got it, but they, they would have been crushed tonight if they'd lost, and, and they're equally as happy. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One thing I promised, and then we'll get to Jefferson in Fayetteville, who has Freddie Kitchens on his mind, one of my worst of the weekend. Tom Brady and the Patriots' offense have disappeared. They're still in good shape, obviously, at 10-2, but that is a concern for the team we're used to seeing make long playoff runs and cranking out Super Bowls. Alabama, Michigan, Ole Miss, and NC State were among the worst of the weekend in college football. Your Carolina Panthers were on that list in the NFL, along with the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Jets, and a handful of others. Best of the weekend as we come back to Thomas and Rum and Gary and Jefferson. 1-800-849-2761. 
the Ravens, the Texans, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Bills, a whole lot of college football teams, starting with Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Georgia nationally, continuing with App State, UVA, UNC, the Charlotte 49ers, and others closer to home, 1-800-849-2761. As we come to Jefferson and Fayetteville and you, your best or worst of the weekend, 1-800-849-2761. Why would a UNC team that is only six and six, you got to have six wins just to be bowl eligible, and Mac Brown and his true freshman quarterback Sam Howell got a lot of votes for different reasons. Howell with a career best 401 passing yards as the Tar Heels drubbed NC State 41 to 10 at Carter Finley. We were there with the Big Tailgate Tour. Mac Brown for a broader set of reasons. Ticket sales are up in Chapel Hill in football. Recruiting results are up in Chapel Hill in football. And yes, the Mac is back story in year one will end in a bowl game. Now, they don't know. Nobody really knows what bowl they're going to yet. But why at 6-6 six and six would the Tar Heels be perceived as a desirable bowl team? Keep in mind what bowl executives care about most. They get money, usually from ESPN, for televising their games. So they want something that is worth watching. How about a true freshman quarterback that just threw more touchdown passes than any true freshman quarterback in the history of the sport? How about that? That sounds kind of compelling. We don't know if the Heels are going to win. We don't know if the Heels are going to lose. But if that kid's throwing the ball, that's must-see TV, maybe even for a middling bowl. Again, not many people go out of their way to watch six-and-six six football teams. But, folks, those who roll their eyes at the number of bowl games, and I know you're out there, I hear from you every year, I always say there's no downside to more bowl games. You can just choose to not watch. It's not like you're getting hurt. Meanwhile, young men and their families get really cool trips. So I'm pro bowls. As many as can qualify, let them have fun, let them get their bowl swag, let them try to go out, in, in the senior's case, on a winning note, et cetera. They like TV matchups. Sam Howell and an explosive offense certainly helps with that. They also like ticket sales. Now think about this. The ACC qualified 10 teams for bowls. Now Clemson, assuming it beats UVA, is off to the college football playoff. UVA at 9-3, and three, even if they, as expected, lose to the Tigers, they still get a nice trip to the Orange Bowl against a quality opponent. Again, Bronco Mendenhall, I've gotten votes from a lot of my colleagues at ACCSports.com for Dabo Sweeney or for Scott Satterfield at Louisville and even others. Bronco Mendenhall and the job he's done at UVA this year is, to me, as worthy, if not more worthy, than anybody else. So you know where Clemson's going, assuming a Tigers win. You know where the Cavaliers are almost certainly going. And after that, you know, there's eight teams where, you know, Virginia Tech and Wake are eight and four, and Louisville and Pitt are seven and five, and the Heels and three others are six and six. But look at it this way. Remember, if you're a bowl executive, you care about your TV partner, and keeping that partner happy by giving them compelling TV product every year. The other thing you care about, because you need to line your own pockets. Yes, even in 2019, fannies in the seats still matter, along with bowl uh, TV money. The other six and six teams, Boston College just fired its coach. How motivated could that fan base possibly be? You barely squeaked into a bowl again. Steve Adazio got fired despite getting the Eagles bowl eligible six times in seven years. So that fan base has been there, done that. Six times in seven years they've been bowl eligible under this coach who just got fired. 
they're not excited to go anywhere while a coaching search continues. You don't even have your head coach for your bowl game. And BC, as a smaller private university, is not a huge fan base the way most of the large public universities are. Just not as many alumni, not as many season ticket purchasers, etc. Just not as big a fan base for smaller private universities. When you fire your coach, you are less desirable. So the Eagles are going somewhere, but they might be almost dead last in the 10-team ACC pecking order. Meanwhile, Florida State is 6-6, six and six, also does not have a head coach right now. They have an interim head coach. They're also shopping for the new guy. Seminoles fans have reached into their pockets for decades to go to places like the Orange Bowl or the college football playoff type games, right, of yesteryear. They're not excited in a year where they barely squeak in at 6-6. Six and six. Remember, Willie Taggart's the guy who missed a bowl last year after 30-plus years of consecutive bowl trips. Those folks are not getting excited about a middling bowl when for 30 years they've been going to bigger bowls. Similarly, Miami is 6-6. Six and Back-to-back, six. Back, the Hurricanes lost at home to Florida International, a crosstown rival from a lesser conference, and then this weekend to the Duke Blue Devils. Shout out to Coach Cut and the Devils. They beat the Canes. They still fell short of a bowl game, but Miami could not have ended on a more sour note at 6-6. Six and six. And that's a fickle fan base that sometimes doesn't travel well when they're 10-2, and two, much less when they're 6-6. Six and six. We live in a relative world, folks. And Carolina's 6-6 six and six is certainly not mesmerizing. 6-6 six and six is one good definition for truly mediocre. When you have Sam Howell, when you have the Mac is back momentum, when the Tar Heels attendance was up at a time where college football attendance has been in decline, and remember, unlike those more spoiled fan bases, Miami and FSU are multi-time national championship programs. It takes more for them to get excited, right? Carolina hasn't gone to a bowl in a couple years. So the same fans you're asking to buy tickets at Carolina are like, yeah, man, you know, my wife and I saved a lot of money the last two years. We didn't have anywhere to go come a football postseason. Meanwhile, those similar fans at Miami or FSU – are thinking the last thing we're going to get up excited for, you know, is the Pool Land Weed Eater Bowl, which doesn't exist anymore, but you get the point. 1-800-849-2761. Who's motivated and who has a big fan base? Those are the bottom line questions beyond, besides the TV part, right? Louisville's motivated, right? You got a new coach. You, you had a surprisingly good season. I could see Louisville at, even at 7-5 and five as, as a nice bowl invitation. Virginia Tech bounced back from what looked like a season that might get away. They famously travel well. So the Hokies are a desirable bowl team. Wake is 8-4 but has have an infamously small fan base, so we'll see whether or not they get rewarded for their on-the-field performance. Among those middling records, it's not close, folks. I'm not telling you bowl execs like the Tar Heels a little better i'm telling you they don't even want to write the names down of florida state boston college and miami the other six and six teams the way this works is the acc headquarters there are four tier one bowls so again clemson to the playoff uva to the orange bowl the next teams are candidates for tier one bowls the belk bowl in charlotte the pinstripe bowl up in new york city the sun bowl in el paso texas and then this year the music city bowl in nashville those four get the next pick. 
and there's not an order. So if they all ask for whomever, Virginia Tech or whoever, you know, the ACC headquarters kind of has to act as a referee. Well, we can't give all four of you Virginia Tech. You know, what's your second choice? What's your second choice? And then they try to match teams with bowls. The TV product matters. Motivated larger fan bases still matter, too. And all of that is going to be working in favor of the Tar Heels. Jefferson and Fayetteville, welcome to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Go right ahead. Hey, thank you very much, David. I really enjoy your show. Thanks, man. Um, I liked your comments about Freddie Kitchens. I'm a Browns fan. I'm originally from Northwest Ohio. I've been a Browns fan since the days of Bernie Kosar. Hmm. Um, and I think it's amazing the way this team consistently has hired head coaches with zero experience since they came back in 99. And they've got a bunch of guys who have never won as a head coach, who have never been in, in responsible for setting up a culture. And it goes all the way back to the owners. But I really think the Browns would do a, go a long way to helping themselves if they would pick a head coach and a coaching staff that had won before in the current jobs they're holding. I mean, uh, Kitchens has won, been to the Super Bowl, but he's never been to the Super Bowl right. even as a coordinator. I think you're absolutely right. You need street cred at a place like Cleveland. I was surprised. I know about the whole relationship with Baker Mayfield. And I'm up on the Browns hitching their wagon to that young quarterback. I was excited to see them get Odell Beckham Jr. I think the roster looks better than it has in a long, long time. And I get Freddie Kitchen's defense was it was just a night out at the movies with my daughter. I think it showed that he was a first-time head coach that you were naive when someone asked to take a picture with you at that movie as you're out with your daughter. Again, um, I think it's cool that you're accessible enough that some Browns fan wants a photo and you say yes. If you claim to not know that your Pittsburgh started a T-shirt was going to go viral when that fan posted that photo on social media, I mean, you are truly clueless about how the world works in 2019. And given the distractions, and thanks to Scott for reminding me that it was actually the Browns who won the earlier matchup, so the Steelers got their revenge this weekend. Listen to the players. Browns players aren't saying anything, but there are a lot of Steelers players, including Ramon Foster, and I think DeCastro said it as well. I thought it was pretty stupid. Steelers offensive lineman David DeCastro said, that's an awful lot of bulletin board material to give to your opponent. I don't know why you do that as a coach. I just don't get it. Of course that's going to motivate us. What are you thinking? It's just not smart. Uh, you could apply that last part to the hiring of Freddie Kitchens, I know, in the eyes of a lot of Browns fans. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. Who is the new Super Bowl favorite now in the eyes of Las Vegas? And was Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney right when he said after beating the Gamecocks that the college football playoff committee has a double standard for the ACC? My answers and more of your best and worst of the weekend next. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. 